0: Welcome to Cybersecurity Unplugged, the Cyber Theory podcast where we explore issues that matter in the world of cybersecurity. So, welcome, folks. This is Steve King. I'm the managing director at uh, Cyber Theory here. And today we're going to uh, devote our podcast to an exploration of the world of passwords. And we're fortunate to have with us the executive director of FIDO, Andrew Shikiar who probably knows more about the password economy than anybody else in the industry. Andrew has been around both the open system standards space and the promotion and marketing of Linux and Java with a focus on identity management for companies like Sun with an emphasis on developer mindsets and the most recent acceleration of streaming media. Andrew earned his bachelor's degree in political science from emory university so welcome andrew it's great to have you on the show
1: hey thank you so much for having me i really appreciate being here
0: yeah and we appreciate you being here too and we're joined by the 800-pound gorilla in the room which is (laughs) still the password so the question is why do we still have them after all these years
1: yeah didn't uh, bill gates predict the demise of the password back in was it 2004 Something like that in 2008. It's a great question. And I think that when you look at the goal of FIDO Alliance and what we're aiming to do, it's actually incredibly audacious. You know, passwords are around simply because they they work. They work in a very crude form, but they also have the advantage of ubiquity. They are supported everywhere. They can be used. Um, You might not like them, but you can certainly use them. The problem is, of course, that, you know, they've been proven time and time again to simply be unfit for purpose for today's. Networked economy, and in fact, they were unfit for purpose when Bill Gates made that statement you know, over a decade ago. So the good news here, of course, is that you know FIDO Alliance and you know our hundreds of industry partners um, are making good progress against that gorilla to help reduce reliance on passwords across the board.
0: So, for some of our audience that doesn't know much about FIDO Alliance, can you kind of sketch in the background or on? who you guys are, what you were trying to do when you put this together and what your, uh, what your objectives still are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So FIDO Alliance is an industry standards body. We were launched almost 10 years ago now with the goal of reducing industry reliance on, on passwords. And in fact, actually the, the driver for this for the foundation of FIDO Alliance was to address the data breach problem, which has only grown in the 10 years since. But the fact of the matter is the vast majority of data breaches are caused by weak knowledge-based credentials like passwords. So by addressing the password problem, you're also addressing the data breach problem. FIDO as a body, uh, we do three core things. First of all, we create technical standards and submit them for formal standardization to to official standards bodies, if you will. So we have working groups comprised of some of the, the brightest minds on the planet who have poured countless hours of IP into our technical specifications. The second thing we do is we run a very robust industry certification program. So I like to say that, you know, standards without certification is like one hand clapping. Just because you can, you know, write to a standard doesn't mean that people will know that it works. So to unleash the the economic benefits and technical benefits of open standards, you need to know that products can work together. So our certification program does exactly that with certified products to show that they can support phyto authentication processes. So this includes servers, this includes authenticators, SDKs, all parts of the, the value chain, if you will, um, that touches you know, FIDO that, that a company would need to deploy um, if they were to license software from a third-party provider. Additionally, um, the certification program has grown. Not only have we certified nearly 1,000 products you know, for functional uh, certification, uh, we've also launched a, a biometric uh, performance certification program, the first of its kind for industry usage. Uh, And we more recently launched a FIDO-certified professional program, which is very kind of nascent today, but our goal there is to empower uh, the next generation of identity and authentication workers. Now, the third thing we do, in addition to standards and certification, is run market adoption and and enablement programs. Uh, So this takes a couple of forms. First of all, inside the Alliance, uh, we have experts who have deployed FIDO authentication in a variety of scenarios. And work together to establish best practices and guidelines for future implementations of FIDO. So specifically, we have working groups looking at um, enterprise implementations, consumer at scale implementations, government implementations, and based on you know their war stories and battle scars and successes, uh, you know we, we put together you know free documentation to help people successfully deploy FIDO. Additionally, we run kind of your your full gamut of marketing programs. You know perhaps our flagship um activity over the past couple of years is our authenticate conference, um, which is taking place this October in Seattle, um, where anyone looking to get up to speed on all things authentication, not just FIDO, can come to hear from people, again, who are very much in the know who have deployed, um, looking at both you know, technical case studies and technical explanations as well as business analyses and best practices. So collectively as a body, we do those three things. We're a member-driven organization. We have over 250 members worldwide. That take part in all these activities uh, we also have a very uh, talented and lean staff who you know drive the operations technical and market development activities
0: I see and are many of your employees volunteers or are they paid to to do the work you just described
1: well so members volunteer I think that's one thing that makes it very unique again if you look at fido specifications which I think we'll talk about in a little bit but these these passwordless authentication specifications have been built into billions of products worldwide. Um, these were developed jointly by companies like Google and Microsoft and Apple and you know, leaders in identity, authentication, biometrics. And again, like I said before, truly you know, the brightest minds on the planet in authentication built this technology. And they did that, yes, on a volunteer basis. Our staff, including myself, were paid professionals who helped kind of you know, drive at the organization in alignment with the strategic guidance from our board of directors.
0: Right. Okay. If you look at FIDO's success and you know timeline throughout the years, it certainly began with great promise that PayPal and Samsung had joined forces to authenticate on the finger swipe. And that was followed pretty quickly by Microsoft's uh, Windows authentication services, both both services kind of fit you know failed to live up to their expectations. What's your what's your explanation on the causal effects of that?
1: You know, I'm gonna take a little bit of issue with you know failed to live up to their expectations. And you identified you know, some a really good starting point of the alliance, which was you know, PayPal and Samsung and the and company called Knock Knock Labs collaborated to create, you know, one of our first specifications, which was basically biometric authentication approach. And what happened is knock knock and And Samsung came into PayPal um, and said, "Look, hey, look, we have this brand new Samsung Galaxy. I think it's S5. We can use a fingerprint reader to allow your users to sign into PayPal without using a password." And Michael Barrett, who was at PayPal, became the first president of FIDO Alliance. Said, "Hey, this is great technology, but I want this to be standardized. Go, go, go! Spin up a group to standardize this stuff. Basically, you know that was that was a use case. So um, that was one of the origins of FIDO Alliance. At the same time, there's actually a similar initiative happening." Both think Google and Ubico on the kind of second factor you know hardware key uh, use case, but going back to PayPal, I think it was actually successful in the sense that you know that was the first you know biometric login to PayPal services and we saw that technology, the UAF technology it was standardized and has been utilized you know in hundreds of millions of by hundreds of millions of users in leading apps from you know various banks, mobile communications providers, insurance companies, and that list continues to grow today. so I think that the technology has proven to be very successful, and PayPal also got a lot of lift out of that initial implementation. As far as Microsoft goes, again, we feel quite good about the work that Microsoft's doing incorporating FIDO into Windows Hello. So Microsoft is deeply committed to getting rid of passwords. FIDO authentication within Windows Hello and also support for FIDO security keys are a critical part of that. In fact, the strongest, most secure way of going passwordless is using the FIDO technology built into Windows. So I think, look, any sort of new technology has a growth and adoption curve. The, that timeline will vary based on you know a variety of circumstances. But overall, I do think that both implementations they really help jumpstart FIDO deployments at scale and both also for those two companies.
0: Yeah. I think recently you... You guys made a joint announcement along with uh, Apple, Google, and Microsoft on the next wave of FIDO technology. Can you explain what that's going to look like and why FIDO and uh, all your partners there, Apple, Google, and Microsoft, are excited about that? Yeah, yeah,
1: thanks. That's actually a good follow-up to your last question. You know, it's important to understand how how FIDO works and how we're, we're trying to take on, you know, the inherent advantages that passwords have, which we talked about at the outset conversation, you know that eight hundred pound gorilla. You I know mean, one of the advantages I mentioned about passwords, that they have, is that of ubiquity. And the same thing would go for like SMS OTP as a second factor. And those are ubiquitous technologies that people know how to use. And FIDO is now, you know, has built has been built into um, every major operating system, every major browser, which has really set the stage for broader adoption. All right. So this has been the case actually for the past two years, and we've seen companies like eBay. If you go to ebay.com, they've deployed Fido fully in the browser so that you can, after you log in, you can have the option of using a passwordless sign-in every time thereafter with whatever device you're using, whatever that device unlock functionality may be. That's using Fido. We've seen other companies use WebAuthn or Fido as well, from Best Buy to Wayfair, Yahoo, Facebook, many, many, many more. Uh, That being said, the feedback we got from the industry is that usability wasn't quite there fully to allow for this to take off at scale. And I think the usability issue came into two pieces. One was that even with WebAuthn today, even that eBay example, there's some awkwardness, frankly, in in kind of the OS prompts and the user journey uh, that need to be smoothed out. That could, you know, we gave guidance on how to do this most effectively, but there are dependencies on the operating systems that need to be addressed by a closer integration, if you will. The other usability challenge is not operating system dependent, but really came back to be a feature, comes back to a feature of FIDO authentication, which is that historically we've required users to enroll every device for every service, right? So if I if I set up my account with eBay and, and enroll FIDO authentication, say on my MacBook, and then I go to my iPhone or iPad or another MacBook, I actually have to re-enroll that device as well to use password authentication there which creates the usability challenge. And it re- requires me to remember my password and it's not quite the experience that users expect. Right, if you think about like iCloud, for example, iCloud Keychain, it's a really nice password manager. It allows me to set one, you know, a password stored in iCloud on one device and any other Apple device. When I you know, use that, I automatically can use iCloud and not have to remember that password. So I think consumers expect the same type of experience with biometric authentication as well. So that's my long preamble to answer your question. What's such a big deal about this announcement we made jointly with Apple, Google, and Microsoft? This is something that we're calling Passkey. This is a a implementation of FIDO that allows for um, the private key that that historically has been bound to a single device. It allows it to be securely synced across a device cloud such that you'll have that kind of seamless password manager-like experience, but with biometrics and not having to ever use passwords. Furthermore, as it's being built directly into the operating systems, you know a lot of the OS flows and the user flows will be smoother than they have been historically with mobile then. But most importantly, the user experience will be better as well. So, you know, we're super excited about the promise for Passkey, both in the sense that it will help accelerate user adoption, but even more importantly, it will help us achieve our mission. That mission being to you know reduce reliance on passwords and taking passwords out of play. I think that you know Passkeys have potential to you know, in the next two, to three years, you know, allow hundreds of millions of consumers to stop using passwords for many of their core services that they use every day.
0: Thank you. On your PayPal browser option, what percentage of folks accept and use that versus a pure password approach?
1: So there's a multi, in you know, a multiple parts to that question. I think one part was how many people can use the capability. So over ninety percent of browsers in use today can support you know a a web FIDO two login using the device unlock functionality, right? Which could be Windows Hello or Touch ID, whatever it might be. And then it's up to each service provider to you know try to prime and prompt their users to do this instead of passwords. And that's why we actually invested in you know developing data-driven guidance on how to most effectively implement what we call platform authenticators or, or you know, WebAuthn, you know, looking at the entire user journey. So we gave guidance based on, again, you know, very extensive research on everything from how to message this, how to prime the user, how to use a toast message. You know, it was a very fascinating study because it really looked at everything outside of the fighter technology. These were very much design and messaging considerations that we came up with the optimal combination of to help drive more utilization. And so, you know, several companies have given case studies on that, their uptake um, of FIDO and, and some of the you know, re- resulting benefits. Uh, Yahoo Japan recently talked about a, a study where they saw, I think, well over half their users adopt passwordless sign-ins, including using FIDO. And what they're seeing is, you know, sign-in time was increased by over two and a half percent. Authentication inquiries and support, you know, was reduced dramatically. And sign-in success rate went up dramatically. So, you know, generally, what, what, anecdotally, what we're hearing is that, you know, most companies can get around a, you know, 50 to 60% opt-in rate over the first period of time of their web off-in FIDO2 implementations.
0: Yeah. Well, and that sort of two-year point in that space, I spent years not succeeding at selling our integrated banking technology yeah. product for a, uh, we started an MSSP about, you know, whatever it was, nineteen or twenty twelve ish. You know, we built a, a very nice integrated banking solution mm-hmm. and took it all over the Midwest. And I talked to at least a hundred bankers, and every one of them told me the same thing. You know, Granny Smith was not going to be doing any two FA password activity on her accounts, or she'll be leaving. So. We didn't sell any of what we were we were hoping to sell to these guys. So it's a big deal, still, I guess, right? That I mean, people look at this as a this somehow this like overwhelming inconvenience to you know to you know swipe a finger or come up with a, a code or something in addition to a password. I just it's hard to believe.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think so you're hitting on a key point here, which is usability. And when I talked about usability before, it's really interesting, Steve. You know, my conversations on FIDO authentication with companies who are thinking about deploying it have shifted over the years. Um, from one being you know, more about security postures and things like that, to about usability. And in fact, I would say you know the vast majority of my conversations about FIDO authentication begin and end with talking top- <laughs> about discussing usability, for the simple reason that if it's too hard to use, people won't use it. There's a long history of, of fantastic, super secure. 2FA and MFA technologies that you know, were unusable, so people choose not to use it, meaning that your employees will find a way to work around it, which will leave you still vulnerable vulnerable to attack. That mean your, means your consumers won't use it either, which leaves them vulnerable to account takeovers. So Fido's, you know, tagline or mantra is simpler, stronger authentication, and you can't ignore the simpler piece. The underlying technology we're using is asymmetric public key cryptography, uh, which is a mouthful and an earful, and our f- belief is that, you know, Grammy Smith or Granny Smith shouldn't have to know how to say, let alone understand what it means to use asymmetric public cryptography. So what FIDO allows is you know, single gesture, user-friendly, you know, multi-factor authentication that's fully encrypted uh, and immune to remote attacks. It's as simple as basically whatever you do to unlock your device is what you can do to log into your accounts and to your apps. And it is a... Multi-factor authentication experience because it's something that you have, and something that you are, and or something that you know.
0: Yeah, but it feels like we've been struggling with this for a long time, and uh, Mm. I don't see much progress anywhere. So, you know, that's interesting, and I I know that you know we, myself, and a colleague had put together a MFA solution based on behavioral. Hmm. analytics and applied for and received a patent for it you know and i you sort of look at the patent and you think well (laughs) really (laughs) i this is not rocket science right and there i'm sure there are hundreds of other ones that look a lot like this one it'd be interesting to see to you know talk to some of the auditors that are that are making those determinations at USPTO because the distinctions they're drawing, I think, between, you know, one patent application and another that, you know, both address the same behavioral analytics components of a multi-factor authentication solution and, in you know, password are so subtle as to be missed if you're not looking for it almost, you know, so. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there's a lot of, you know, just a lot of activity there. And you guys have a three, and this is, I'm going to branch to my education hat here with cyber ed, And you appear to offer uh, th- three different levels of training for certification testing. Is that right? I mean, well, you got a functional interoperability testing, which I think is for servers, clients and authenticators, and then a certified authenticator level. Testing process and then a biometric component for certification testing. Could could you expand a bit on the courses underneath those? And in particular, I'm curious about what it is I would need to to know to be able to be certified in biometric testing.
1: I touched on this a little bit before. Um, so, you know, certifications are you know basically one of the three pillars is Vitolines. So, a very important program that we invest in and. And really for the benefit of the industry again we have three core you know, certification programs if you will the the functional certification test products against how well they adhere to the FIDO authentication specifications and also to ensure they interoperate so the conformance tests the self-serve tests that, uh, that an interested vendor uh, can can submit their you know can, can test themselves against they submit those results into our certification secretariat, and then they would sign up for interoperability testing where they actually test their products against other products to make sure that they actually do interoperate. So that's our one core program. You mentioned authenticator certification levels. So an authenticator is part of the functional testing, but beyond that, uh, certain use cases have higher requirements, higher security requirements for an authenticator. So for example, for highly regulated use cases, a regulator may require that a authenticator, such as a security token uh, prevents against malware attacks or it has, you know, pr- protects against hardware attacks. So any FIDO, you know, authenticator protects against remote attacks, uh, but not all of them are, you know, ensure that and, and verify that the private key is stored in a secure enclave, for example. Right. So that's what certified authenticator testing does. They have multiple levels that you can test against, and the service provider can, you know, leveraging our metadata service can make sure that the authenticator meets that criteria now the biometric testing is a little unique because it's actually not tied to our authentication specs it's it's truly an industry program that tests the efficacy and performance for biometric components so whether or not they're using fido authentication so we have kind of industry standard metrics for things like false accept rate false reject rate presentation account attack detection and based on those metrics a product will be tested against those. So we work with third-party labs. We have a whole bunch of lab partners that a vendor could go to to do this testing. Well, typically, they, they will test against live subjects. Uh, and then, of course, if you meet that criteria, you you know you get the certification mark for biometric uh, certification. I think those were your core questions. The, the last one, as I mentioned before, we, you know, we're very excited to have launched the FIDO Certified Professional Program. And this is, again, as an emerging program that aims to allow industry professionals in identity authentication to demonstrate their skills in deploying FIDO solutions. And we have a full, you know, we have a full live test. Uh, We partnered with Pearson on this test. You can go into testing centers to get this done. Uh, We're actively building out um, some added training materials to help people be successful as they go through the testing process. So I think that that program, the FIDO Certified Professional Program, will be a growth area for the Alliance as we move forward in 2023 and beyond.
0: Yeah. Have you um, partnered with third parties to deliver this certification training? Uh, is that something that you normally do or consider? Or
1: so the training for the Fido Certified Professional program is um, the training programs are in development right now. So that is something that we will be working with third parties
0: on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why don't we loop back to the beginning again for our final question? And I yeah, I think we're uh, we are out of time here. 800 pound gorilla, when will we actually stop depending on passwords in your estimation?
1: Yeah. So, again, important point here, you know, moving beyond passwords is a journey, not a sprint. I think that Passkey stands to greatly reduce the time of that journey, right? From, you know, potentially decades to, to years. It won't happen overnight, but I think that what Passkey enables and what FIDO enables in general, it allows service providers to become less dependent on passwords especially with passkey, where you, don't, you no longer need a knowledge-based credential to allow your consumers to enroll new devices or recover devices. So little by little, you'll see service providers taking passwords out of play. I don't think they'll delete them right away, but once you know, they're seeing demonstrated non-usage of passwords, they will delete them. Right? And we're seeing companies do this already. So NTT Docomo, for example, allows their consumers to delete passwords. eBay gives you the option to delete your password once you've you know, enrolled the FIDO um, authentication. So you know I, that's kind of a non-answer. Um, but I would say that over the next, you know, two to three years, you're going to see passkey become, you know, very much a predominant way of logging into most mainstream consumer services. And the years beyond that, you know, passwords will start to, you know, be taken out of the user journey in and of
0: itself. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. I don't think that's overly optimistic at all. So uh I'm there with you, and I hope that that turns out to be the case. And and thank you, Andrew, for spending a half an hour of your day with us. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Andrew Shakiar, the executive director of FIDO. we were happy to host today, and uh, I hope that our audience got a little flavor into the sort of mysterious world underneath passwords and multiple passwords and MFA and 2FA and all the rest of it uh, and what FIDO has been instrumental in doing as the sort of major standard player in the space here. So thank goodness for you guys and thank you for all that you do there. I appreciate
1: it. Steve, thanks so much for having me. It's always great to be at ISMG and with cyber theory. So thank you.
0: Sure. Thank you. Take care. All right. Have a great day, Steve. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cybersecurity Unplugged. You can connect with us on LinkedIn or Facebook at CyberTheory or send us an email at social at cybertheory.io. For more information about the podcast, visit cybertheory.io forward slash podcast. Until next week, thanks again.